Welcome to the first episode of Deeply Curious. Um, we are starting this podcast because it is was highly requested <laughs> by you guys. Um, if this is your first time hearing or seeing us, uh, my name is Cody Jensen, and this is my wife. Sarah. And we started this podcast, or are starting this podcast right now, uh, because we kind of had the idea, we pitched it to our vlog viewers and you guys uh overwhelmingly said absolutely yes please do it um so we're here right now (laughs) doing it yep (laughs) (laughs) um so this is going to be something that we are going to be figuring out the format and testing trial and error trying to figure out what's the best way to do this but to start I just want to tell you kind of why we're starting this podcast. Uh, We mentioned it in the vlog that we kind of talked to our YouTube audience about it. But if you didn't see that, I just want to kind of give you a backstory of why we're doing this. So we have these conversations all the time. Um, We are very curious people and introspective and... I don't know. We just like thinking about stuff. And so here's how most of the time it starts. (laughs) So I was listening to this podcast (laughs) or I'm reading this book or something like that article on Twitter. (laughs) Yes. So that's how most of the conversations start. And then I share some random thing that that interests me about some podcast listen to or line out of a book or something like that. So that is basically the start of most of those conversations, just us consuming some sort of content, enjoying it, making us think about something, and then sharing it with each other. And then that goes into us sitting there talking about all sorts of different topics for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of what we do on our vlog as well in an edited format. A lot of it gets cut for time. That's actually another uh, name that I even thought about for this podcast was to call it Cut for Time because we just that's kind of the catalyst that kind of was driving us towards this direction. But all the conversations tend to be about these things we are deeply curious about. So that's what we went with. And so we have these conversations on the blog and a lot of it gets cut out. And so we wanted to maybe explore this podcast format because it's obviously longer form. You don't have to actually watch it. Um, if you are watching, hello, uh, thank you for watching the video on YouTube. But if you're just listening, this is something that you can do on your way to work, doing the dishes, whatever. It just, uh, I don't know, we're just exploring yeah. I mean, I think it, it just gives us an opportunity to talk more with you guys about what we're interested in. Yeah. So something that may not always be at the front of the show, but I'm going to start this kind of first one. So as we get into the groove, we kind of get some conversations going. But one thing we want to do in every podcast is let you guys know that this show, this, uh, I guess show is what we'd call it, uh, is sponsored by the things that we love and the things that we love this week for me is last night we watched this documentary on Amazon Prime and it's called Human Flow and it was all about immigration and about refugees Mm -hmm. and so it was mostly leaning more on the refugee side but it also was talking about uh, immigration as well Mm -hmm. and I loved this documentary. It's beautiful. I thought the the way they shot it was so raw, but then also beautiful. But then 
the story was very open-ended. Mm-hmm. It was Well, I mean, because we're living it right now. Yeah. Like the refugee crisis is still very much a crisis. And so there, there is no ending. There is no answers. There's just a lot of questions and a lot of like, what do we do with all of these people who deserve to have a home? You know, I think that's why there is no answer. Or it's, it's still open. We're still living it. I wanted to start the podcast with just talking about this, just because we haven't talked about it yet. We watched it last night and then went to bed. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. uh, it seemed like a good conversation starter. Um, and if you guys want to watch this uh, documentary, it is on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can just watch it for free. If you don't, uh, you can sign up for a 14-day free trial of Amazon Prime by just going to prime.codyjensen.com. And if you sign up for the free trial, you can watch this uh, documentary. It's called Human Flow. But I wanted to ask, what you? Th- I mean, we haven't talked about it. So what did you think about it? Um, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Just like cinematography, I thought was really great. And like it gave space to breathe. Like there wasn't anything, you know, major about, I guess, the cinematography. But it just showed you like the shots and let you sit there in the shot for a long time, which was really nice. And I loved how they visited so many different places. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just like about the Syrian refugees, although that was a major part. It wasn't just about Iraq or Pakistan or whatever they included, like the African uh, refugee crisis, which I didn't even, I mean, we haven't really even spoken about mm-hmm. like in American media. I wasn't super aware of it. Um, so I loved that. And I mean, I think just the whole conversation of refugees and immigrants and just the fact that they are human beings and have certain human rights that they aren't receiving Mm -hmm. um, is just a very important conversation. And I, I mean, I don't obviously they're not receiving certain rights because the countries they have escaped to don't have the means to provide. And then obviously there are some countries who are choosing not to help, which is another conversation. Yeah. yeah, I I think it just covered all conversations. And like you said, it was very open-ended. So it like asked the questions or like presented the issue. And then it's just like, okay, what now? Mm-hmm. You know? I felt like it presented the issue in a very Vice News type way mm-hmm. um, where there was almost no, actually there was no commentary. Mm-mm. There was, all it was, was showing you the places and the people mm-hmm. and only and the people only talked sometimes mm-hmm. it was mostly you just got to witness what it was and then i guess the only commentary would be that they put on screen uh headlines from that time yeah and they they interviewed like um representatives of certain uh humanitarian organizations mm-hmm. or immigration refugee crisis people. I don't know what what their titles were, but, um, so I guess that's commentary as well, just about like what they're going through or what we need to do in order to, to help them kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But again, it wasn't a solution. It was just like, this is the problem. I think the, one of the parts that struck me the most, and I know it did you too, because I, I think we both like said something right in the moment was whenever they showed the tiger, yeah. Um, so they were in the Gaza Strip mm-hmm. and they opened with this shot of this tiger. Beautiful shot. And 
I was kind of like, why are they showing this? Because they just like, it was a long shot of just this tiger. It was like 30 seconds of just watching a tiger in a cage. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder like, what are they showing this for? But then the guy starts telling the story and this tiger had somehow found its way into Gaza. Through the tunnels of Egypt, I think they said. Yeah. He was like running away from bombs and whatever and found his way into Gaza, which isn't really any better. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But he was trapped in Gaza at that point. Mm -hmm. And there was some individual or group of people that felt that this tiger deserved a better life than being in a cage in Gaza. Right. Because he never got to see the grass. One person came by every 15 days to make sure he had food. And of course, all of the bombs and the like animals weren't meant to live in that kind of traumatic um, environment. Yeah. And so they they were talking about that. And then they the guy was telling the story and he said that this tiger, everybody agreed it didn't deserve to live in these conditions. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't know. Governmental uh, military um, from multiple countries in Gaza, outside of Gaza, transportation, um, visas, all, all sorts of paperwork. I mean, he listed like 10 things that they yeah, had it was, to Yeah, it was do. four or five different countries who all worked together mm-hmm. to make sure that this tiger was transported and delivered to a better life with better resources. Yeah. And they just kind of left it at that because the, it was just everybody working together in agreement that this tiger deserved better, deserves better. And yet they were taking it from Gaza. Right. Where people can't leave. (laughs) Like the people in Gaza aren't getting better treatment than that or even being funded to ship or to fly to a new place. It is like, I think they even, one of the guys in the documentary said it is a third world country on the verge of collapse Mm -hmm. and no one's there to help the people, but they're all willing to get everything together to help a tiger. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. I think that's just an interesting, I mean, cause I obviously agree that a tiger is not meant to live like that, but I mean, you have to kind of say like, well, why are we allowing people to live like that? You know, why is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So um, that's going to be my what I love this week. Um, again, if you want to watch it, it's called Human Flow. It's a, I didn't even mention, it's actually a documentary from Ai Weiwei. He's the one who made it. And if you've been watching our vlogs, I've talked about Ai Weiwei a couple times because he just did a big art installation in New York City that is, it was all over. There was like, I don't even know how many pieces there were, but five, at least five really big pieces in Washington mm-hmm. Square Park and uh, Central Park and then all around the Lower East Side specifically. Um, it was called Good Fences Make Good Neighbors, and it was a commentary on immigration, and it went right along with with the documentary that he made um, called Human Flow. So highly recommend uh, checking that out on Amazon Prime. And if you don't have it, you can still watch it for free by signing up for a 14-day free trial at Prime dot cody jensen.com um what's something that you've loved this week um i'm reading this book right now called you are a badass by jen sincero and it's i mean i'm sure most people have heard about this book um i've never heard of it you haven't no oh it's a very highly rated like self-help book but it's kind of a no nonsense 
And so she's just kind of blunt and, I mean, it's called you are a badass. Like, she's kind of, you know, it's just very practical and very applicable, I guess. And, like, easily applicable to your life and just kind of, I don't know, she calls out some maybe ways of thinking that we've all been taught that are hindering us. And so... It's really great. So one thing that we were talking about before we pressed record was trying to figure out how to do this podcast in the same natural way that we do when we are sitting at Starbucks talking. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when we're just sitting there, we're just like staring out the window or whatever. And then like we start talking about something that would spark something else. Yeah. We're like silent for like 20 minutes. And then we're like, what's the difference between uh, insecurity and humility? <laughs> Exactly. So it's like when we turn, you know, press record on the microphone and press record on the cameras, it's like, okay, now do this. And it's we, we basically we're figuring this out as, as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully this doesn't feel forced or boring, boring or anything like that. Um, you know, a conversation that we were having the other day, cause you, you're reading a new book, um, about introversion and it mm-hmm. really, um, struck a chord with you, um, or a nerve, I would say, even more than a chord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. Well, uh, let me grab the book because I don't want to quote it wrong. Okay. I actually posted something along these lines on my Facebook, and I have a friend who um, studied this. Uh, I, th- I think she's a psychologist, but I, I could be wrong. She's a counselor of some sort. Anyways, she commented on my Facebook and explained to me, that I'm wrong a little bit in my thinking, but we haven't had a chance to connect and like talk about it. So I just will share the few things that irritate me (laughs) (laughs) and then kind of talk about, or I'll let you know, like what she said about it, I guess. Um, So I'm reading this book called Introvert Power by Lori Helgo, and she is a psychologist and counselor, etc. I don't really know how they label themselves. Anyways, she wrote this book because if you guys didn't know, over 50% of the population is introverted. I think it's like 50, 53% or 57%. And then the, the 40 whatever percent are extroverted. So there's actually more introverts than there are extroverts in the population. But for some reason, we value extroversion and not... I, I would say we don't just value it, but we sort of elevate it above introversion and it's sort of become our society's like standard. And like, if you're not this, then something's wrong with you kind of thing. And she's talking about that in the first chapters of this book. And she was saying in the APA, which is the American Psychiatric Association, um, they were preparing the fifth revision of its DSM manual of mental disorders and things like that. And they tried to include introversion um, as like a mental, or they tried to use introversion to define or prescribe some mental disorders. And um, they tried to include a diagnosis for introverted personality disorder into their manual. So they were basically saying that introverted personality is a disorder instead of like a preference. And then through... Um, the ICD, which is a different book that includes 
not just mental disorders, but all kinds of diagnosable diseases. Uh, they tried to include, no, they have included in the most current version, the 2012 version, it's still in there. They included introversion, which is listed as a variant of schizoid personality disorder, which is the thing that really gets me. Yeah. Um, and then she also talked about how we use the term in society, we use the term antisocial to describe introverts. Um, but actually, the, the term antisocial refers to sociopathy or antisocial personality disorder, which is a condition in which a person lacks a social conscience. If she said, if we're getting like into semantics here, what you would actually say is asocial, which is someone who does not like to interact with people, but that's also not introverts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was just talking about how there are some misconceptions about introversion my friend who commented on my Facebook, she said basically that it's not that in those books, it's not that introversion is seen as a disease or a mental disorder, but depending on what the person is saying about like, I have a hard time going out at night, blah, blah, blah. Then they kind of use that as a measure to figure out what's actually wrong kind of thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, but I told her, I was like, here's the thing. When books or, you know, as a society, we sort of devalue introversion and use all of these negative terms to describe introversion. And those health books seem to be supporting that. Mm -hmm. And that is what gets me. Also, a variant of schizoid personality disorder just seems like a little harsh. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is like... Maybe it's just about semantics and right. But I think semantics do play into a stereotype, right? That if you have medical professionals who are using the word introvert in a medical sense of diagnosing somebody with a right. problem, right? To help then diagnose, it adds to the stereotype that introversion right. is a negative, right? Which I think her and I are both on the same page. My friend and I are both because um, I said my concern. Really, as a person who hasn't studied this in school, who who isn't a psychologist, but who is an introvert and who is curious, like about these kinds of things, I it concerns me that they would describe it like that because it gives society an excuse to call it like a sickness, mm-hmm. um, which they do, and it or the introvert should try to change themselves to in, be an extrovert, right? Which is, I mean pretty much how our world is run. There's, I mean, articles everywhere. And even in this book, Introvert Power, um, Lori was talking about how they ran this test on extroverts and introverts, and they told both of them to act extroverted um, and used synonyms like bold, brave, assertive, adventurous, um, talkative, you know, everything that we view as positive. And then they did the opposite and said to act introverted and they used words like lethargic, uh, reserved, unadventurous, uh, quiet, you know, all these words that are just negations of extroversion instead of Mm -hmm. their own words. Like, and she said, if we flip that and instead of saying like introverts are the negation of extroversion, maybe extroversion is the negation of introversion. And if we did that, then it would be, if we told them to act extroverted, we would say act loud, act, 
unintrospective, unreserved, you know, mm-hmm. opposites of introversion. And it makes it sound like an so, extrovert is yeah, bad. So act loud and obnoxious. Exactly. And without thought of yourself or others. Exactly. And so she's saying, why are we viewing introversion as a negation of extroversion? Because it's literally just the way someone reflects and gains energy is by, do they look outward or do they look inward? Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> It's not about anything else. And so, I don't know. I think it's fascinating and it also frustrates me a little bit because I do think like society views introversion as a less than. And even in a lot of classically introverted work like writing, we are now expected to be able to go public speak about the book that we just wrote or you know, go on um, radio shows and news interviews and all of these things, even though you write because it's it's like traditionally an introverted mm-hmm. line of work. But now we're expected to build platforms and to mm-hmm. have a following and to be out and open and there. You mentioned it just now right there, but I think maybe we'll expound on it a little bit for just because I think that in the misconception, there's a lot of people who don't know what an introvert and extrovert is. They do think of it as we were just describing as somebody who is a wallflower and somebody who is the life of the party. That's the difference between an introvert and extrovert. But those qualities can be applied to both introverts and extroverts. Right. It's what I, maybe you have a better definition than me, but I have always, I've kind of been told that in the most simplistic form, a introvert is somebody who at the end of the day, the way that they recharge, the way that they gain energy is through being in more uh, solo environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be by themselves, but in a, in a smaller environment, in a quieter environment where it's more intro- introspective, mm-hmm. then somebody who's an extrovert who at the end of the day, you know, they get energy and recharge by being around more people, larger groups. And basically that is it. Mm-hmm. Is just it, how are you energized whenever you go to a party? An introvert and extrovert can have the same level of enjoyment at a party, but when they leave, the extrovert is going to leave feeling like I want to go do that again right now. Mm-hmm. Versus the introvert is going to be like, "That was really fun. I need a few moments to myself." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's generally speaking, that's it. I think that th- the thing is, is that extroversion is more apparent because it's outward qualities and introversion is more inward qualities. So like introspection, um, you, you look inward to figure out life, (laughs) I guess. Whereas like extroversion, they look outward. They immediately want to talk to somebody about it. They need to like brainstorm with people and Mm -hmm. like figure ideas out. And introversion is, that's very possible. I love like brainstorming with friends or like a few close friends, but I'm, I very much like like my space and mm-hmm. I, I go into my head and I think about it before I speak it. So I think it's just, it's basically, yes, that's it. Like an introvert can be the life of the party, 100%. And I also think everyone is on a scale, which I, I mean, most of the time we're generally speaking, so right. you kind of have to generalize everything, but everyone is on a scale. Everyone is... All introvert, 
all all extrovert, they're somewhere in the middle. No, I mean, there are hardly anybody who is 100% extrovert or 100% introvert. And it also, I think you can be more introverted and extroverted depending on what season of life you're in. I feel that a lot. I mean, I think it's very possible. Yeah, because I mean, for me, in, in, in every test I've ever taken about being introvert or extrovert, I've pretty much always come out as an ambervert, which is somebody who is equal parts introverted and extroverted. Yes. And I I think that's maybe why I feel it more than what you do. Um, it Because I since I am such in, in the middle, there are some seasons of my life that I feel I have kind of swung towards extrovertedness or swung towards introvertedness in, in the way that how I'm energized. I think another interesting like thing to think about that many people don't wouldn't really from the outside. I don't think a lot of people would even would look at me and say he's an introvert. No, I think most people would say you're extroverted. And I am, but I'm not full on extroverted. Like whenever I am in a smaller group of, you know, 15 or less, like more so around 10, like I will be the life of the party type mm-hmm. person. Like, and you can drive the conversation. I can command a room and all that type of stuff. But then whenever it gets into a larger group of people, like if we go to like a networking party or just a larger situation, I recluse the other way, I mm-hmm. guess. Like I have I, a lot, it depends on the day, but I would say more often than not, I feel awkward and I don't know who to talk to or mm-hmm. it's, it's more difficult for me. Yeah. Versus in a smaller group. Which is unfortunate for me because I'm always awkward no matter what size of the group. And I'm supposed to be able to depend on you to be my security <laughs> at parties. And it doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I It also changes a lot whenever I like mentally prepare for it. Yeah. Like if I just walk in without ever thinking about it, I tend to be more awkward. But if I walk in preparing my brain, I guess, like before, I'm just like, okay, be confident. Well, that's an introverted trait. Yeah. Introverts typically do not do well with uh, spontaneous changes of events, unless, of course, they're canceled plans. Um, But if it's like your friend is like, hey, let's go to dinner. Oh, by the way, I invited 12 people. Like that is not, I mean, no, you have to, introverts really need like the space to prepare to socialize. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they don't want to socialize. It's just exhausting to them, which sounds bad, but it's not bad. It's just, it just takes all of their energy. So they have to, they have to prepare it. That's it. Yeah. I think a really good example of this is, uh, Sarah versus our friend, Josh, who is, he's like (laughs) straight up extrovert. Um, so extroverted. And I'm sure Josh, you're listening to this and I just want to say, I miss you and I love you. Um, (laughs) but he is 100% extrovert. And I have a prime example. Can I just share? Yeah, it? go for it. So, um, when we were living in Tulsa, Josh uh, had to travel for work. He went to Singapore, and he was in Singapore for like seven or eight days on his own. Um, and he, it was one Sunday morning. Cody was working, and he texted me. He was like, "Hey, are you awake?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm up." He was like, "Good. I was waiting for you to wake up. I haven't spoken to anybody in three days." <laughs> And I was like, this sounds like heaven. You're traveling on your own in a foreign country. And he just like could not handle it. He had. So we like texted for like an hour because he just needed human interaction. (laughs) Yeah. The the reason I brought him up was because 
whenever it comes to Sarah, like if she is working on something, um, let's say she's writing a blog post, Mm -hmm. she wants to be more so by herself and in an environment that is quieter Mm -hmm. um, versus Josh, he writes as well, but he would love to have tons of people around him. Yeah. Like he used to come over to our house to write, whereas I have to go away from anybody I know. But I think it's, again, it's how people process. I process things internally. He processes by bouncing ideas and Mm -hmm. brainstorming and, you know, just like gathering energy from people. And I'm just the opposite. I think an interesting like thing that I, I think most people be surprised about um, would, is that most YouTubers are introverts. Actually, I don't remember what study it was or even who did it, but they have talked about this a lot that the internet is basically a gold mine for introverts mm-hmm. because it gives them the ability to have these conversations without the kind of awkwardness or uncomfortableness of face-to-face. Not that, again, introverts don't want to see your face or don't want to socialize, but it just kind of breaks down that barrier and gives them like an entry into conversations with people. Um, but yeah, most a lot of YouTubers are introverted. A lot of public speakers are introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of leaders, like it, generally speaking, a lot of leaders or very prominent, important people are introverts. It so. just plays to that strength of of the introspection. And it's just interesting, like, because if you were to take somebody like Casey Neistat, who comes across as somebody who is like extroverted, like right. He's every very excited, and very every happy on the trait that you would typically say, like, is an extroverted trait you would attribute to Casey. Mm-hmm. But I think in reality, off camera, in a regular life, he's way more an introvert. I agree. I think he's said that before too. Yeah. Um, the thing is, there's a book, uh, Quiet by Susan Cain, which is also about introversion. And it's fantastic if you haven't read it. And she talks about that. She said, introverts are capable of adopting extroverted traits for work they love. But that's the thing is like, introverts can learn how to be extroverted for a time. It's not, it's not like introverts are incapable. I know, but there's just not another word to describe it. And that is this, that's introverts powers. That's her whole thing. But the thing is, is that we are capable of performing and outperforming extroverts if we want to. Um, the thing is, is that we, we have to turn to ourselves or back inward afterwards in order to, um, create those things that we love so much. I mean, it's, it's why most writers are introverts because they can look inward and like think about things really deeply and then share it. Um, it's why um, most YouTubers are introverts. They sit at home and they're creating something and they don't need, you know, all of the um, stimulants that extroverts need. Like that's the thing is like introverts are very easily overstimulated by noise, by people, by smells, by everything. Um, Again, we're generalizing here, but Mm -hmm. uh, they don't need all of the stimulants that extroverts need. So they can sit at home longer and create something. Um, And then they are capable of going out and sharing that. I think it's interesting because again, maybe it just all comes back to semantics in that this, the words introvert and extrovert have been used way too broadly Mm -hmm. because I would also, do you know what the, what introvert actually means? Like if you broke it down into the definition of like intra and then vert, like what that means? Well, 
I don't either, but that is curious to me. But um, just I was just thinking that to call somebody introvert and have all of these traits is just maybe too broad of a word. And the fact yes. that like introvert, I feel like maybe should just be attributed to the way that that person charges. Well, originally that's what it was. Versus somebody who is shy. Right. Because shyness is not introversion. Right. Extroverts are very capable of being shy. Introverts are very capable of being bold and assertive. I think that's the thing is that they used to be, I mean, Carl Jung is like kind of the pioneer of extroversion and introversion. And that's literally all they were. They were definitions of, you know, how a person recharges or whatever you want to say. They look outward, they look inward. Pretty much it. And obviously, like, they have, like, different traits, like introspection versus, you know, whatever. But I think society has just decided, and I don't even know how or when or why, but they just decided that um, we need to be extroverts. And I, I also wonder if that's more of an American thing versus other countries because America very much values like hustle and busyness and hard work and being seen and just like you know more 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 so I think it might also be like an American versus other countries situation too I think I don't know I just looked up the the Latin is where it came from introvert Mm -hmm. Um, most things do come from Latin Um, so intro to the inside Mm -hmm. and Verter um, is to turn. So basically it means to turn to the inside. Yeah. Yeah. To turn inward or to turn outward. Yeah. But then the actual like uh, the dictionary definition that comes up is introvert. Um, A shy reticent. 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 I don't know what that means. We need a dictionary to look up the dictionary definitions. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, is that the dictionary uses the word shy. Is incorrect. Yes. Because shy is not does not is not synonymous with introversion. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf has done tons of things that, <laughs> like, he's been in crowds, gone to parties. He's, he's just done it. Yeah, he's uh, shy and LaBeouf. So <laughs> the thing is, is like, I just think, regardless of you know what the APA or the ICD or whatever, regardless of what they use to diagnose certain disorders, regardless of how you feel about that, introversion is viewed negatively in our society. And I think that is the problem because there's literally nothing wrong with it. And introverts are very capable of performing and outperforming Mm -hmm. just like anybody else. And I mean, a lot of people are using the Myers-Briggs test now, which obviously like the E or the I on the Myers-Briggs is extroversion or introversion. It's a big part of it. Um, but they're using the Myers-Briggs to determine like who to hire, which, ugh, whatever, that isn't a whole other conversation. Um, but people are becoming like um, resistant to personality tests and they're becoming um, ashamed of what their type is because businesses are viewing it as a positive or a negative Mm-hmm. personality type. And I, I just don't understand that. I don't understand if you are looking to hire this person and their result comes back ISTP or whatever. And then they're like, oh, well, we need to think about this because maybe they can't actually like do well on presentations or right. whatever. Like, screw that. Like, that's not what that means at all. Yeah. And it's not to put you inside a box. Right. It's to help you be self-aware enough so that you can overcome 
your what, what do you call that like the the shadow side well not the sh- in in regular language though oh. um <laughs> i mean just like the i would say just your weaknesses yes your, yes your... to like it's just to overcome your weaknesses yeah it's to help you learn how to be a more rounded developed right healthy individual. weren't you telling me a story I feel like it was you that you told me a story of a guy who worked at a company for like years mm-hmm. and he was doing like really well. It wasn't me. It was a podcast. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they, the company made them take the Myers-Briggs test, yeah. right? And he, his result came back INFJ and which is my personality type. So, um, <laughs> but spirit. yeah, I feel you. Um, Don't put me in a box unless you're in my box and then we can hang out. Yeah. <laughs> So true. I will do what I want when I want it. Um, anyways, he um, got back these test results, INFJ, and immediately his company started um, kind of second guessing his work and sort of reevaluating what he's doing. His coworkers, um, I wouldn't say made fun of him, but like viewed him differently. Yeah. Um, and he resented the fact that he was an INFJ, which is so heartbreaking in a lot of ways because one, he was doing phenomenally well and his work was outstanding. And he was and, moving and up. And he was moving up. And just so, because yeah. he got a certain result. But then the company tested everybody. Right. And then they learned what all these things meant. And then they viewed him differently. Right. And so, he you know, like I, he either... I don't remember if he like got fired or if he moved on, but he definitely did got passed over for the things that he was working towards, which is frustrating because I mean, that's, that's not the point of personality tests. And he came to resent personality tests and who he is, you know, and that's just frustrating. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not the point at all. So I think that as a society, we just need to change the way we view things and people and like quit thinking that one is better than the other. I think that the one thing you said a little bit ago reminded me, like you just talked about the the ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of almost the whole conversation of yes. that we ha- have to flip the narrative mm-hmm. on kind of what you were saying that Lori was saying in that book of just that we can't describe introverted qualities as the antithesis of extroverted qualities. Right. We have to give them their own qualities. Right. And- if you are an introvert and you're thinking, oh man, I, I wish I was an extrovert. I wish I could do all these things. It's not about like being ashamed of being an introvert. I think it has to be the, the, the way to change is to embrace it and right. say that these, this is who I am. Right. And just like with all self-awareness, it comes with saying, this is who I am. And so these are the things that I'm going to struggle with. And mm-hmm. these are the things that I'm going to excel with. Right. But it doesn't mean that either one of them shouldn't be done. Right. It's just now, you know, okay, if I want to do, um, something that seems, uh, daunting for you, public Mm -hmm. speaking, let's say Mm -hmm. that just, it seems, you know, I want to do this. It's going to be a little bit harder for me, right? but you know yourself well enough to take the steps necessary in order to, right. You prepare for longer or, um, you, sit down and you write out a speech word for word, or, um, you think of, uh, I don't know, something to reward you with afterward. Like maybe after you public speak, you get to go rent a hotel room by yourself, you know, something. Um, I think it's just, again, 
like you said, yeah. being aware of of your qualities, your strengths and your weaknesses and, and what you need to do to enhance mm-hmm. and combat both of those. I think that is more on a like the micro level. But I was kind of more speaking on a I went my example ended up going more micro, but I was speaking more on a macro that just the introversion as okay. a whole needs a rebranding. Yes, it does. And I think that it just takes people stepping up and saying proudly. Right. I'm an introvert. And also it has nothing. It's not even about demeaning extroversion. You know, we both introverts and extroverts complement each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point, right? Like when I walk into some sort of party and I'm on my own and I don't know anybody, I'm literally the most terrified I could ever be in my entire life. I, I cannot approach a person or even if I've seen them before, I'm like, Oh, what do I say though? Like, I can't do it. Um, and this actually happened to me, like, I don't know, a week or two ago, I posted it on my Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because somebody walked up to me Mm -hmm. and they said, Hey, who are you? I haven't seen you before. And I said, Oh, I'm Sarah. And they're like, Oh, I'm Courtney. Then we had this whole conversation. It was really great. And I felt comfortable, but it's because somebody approached me. It's not that I don't want to talk to them. I just Mm -hmm. don't know how to approach them. So like, and it was a great conversation. Which I think that right there, it, it goes into another stereotype that a lot of introverts get because in those moments, you have a really hard time of stepping out and starting the conversation. Right, they think you're a snob. Right. Or, or you end up being labeled yes, as very, stuck up, a snob, a, you know, whatever it is. Too good to talk to me. Right. Very much. And really, it's just like, I wish I could talk to you. I'm just so terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And I just think extroverts and introverts complement each other. And one is not better than the other. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I very much appreciate extroverts because of that situation. Or um, I love going to events with an extroverted friend for mm-hmm. that reason. Because I can't introduce myself to people. No matter how hard I try. I just feel and act and come across like such an idiot. Like I can't speak and I, <laughs> I don't know how to how to react. I don't know if you can see this and you definitely can if you're listening to, but I can see Sarah's eyes just got a little bit more watery than, than uh, they were a few seconds ago, even thinking about it. Yes. It terrifies. It's literally, it's terrifying. I can't, I can't even explain it. It's the worst thing I, and I ha- you have to do it often as an adult and that sucks, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I go to an event or something with an extroverted friend um, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is my friend, Sarah. Have you met her? You know, like it's just that that initial interaction is kind of glossed over. Like there's it breaks down that mm-hmm. barrier a little bit. And then I I am free to talk all night, every night. It doesn't matter. But so I don't know. I yeah. think we complement each other. And I do incredibly well in small situations in one-on-ones or maybe just like a few people. So I don't know. I just think introverts and extroverts complement each other and we need to stop viewing it as a bad thing. (laughs) I agree. I think that the thing that you just said about how like it's not about extroverts being bad. No, not at all. Um, I think it it kind of reminded me of the, the climate that we're in right now. And I am not saying that the fight between introvert and extrovert are anywhere near the level of the gender gap of women and men. But just taking that as 
kind of example of what is kind of going on right now. And just like women are not saying that men need to be brought down a notch. They're just saying that we need to be on the same notch. Right. It's not about bringing men down. It's about bringing women up. Right. Same with extroversion and introversion. Yeah. It's It's not about one. It's a mindset for everybody that equality guys. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is a human being and deserves equal amounts of respect. Okay, well. Except for unless, like in the documentary of Human Flow last night. Yeah. Um, at the very end, a guy they were interviewing, he said, unfortunately, there are bad people in this world and we just need to send them to space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an astronaut that said that, so mm-hmm. it made it. Um, a Syrian astronaut. Yeah, which was very interesting. Yeah. I was like, I didn't, would never have guessed it for Syria to have a space program. They do, though, I guess. And, and they've been to space. That, that yeah. guy was on... Uh, and he had a good idea. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just send all the evil people to space. Yeah, it's fine. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed this inaugural episode of Deeply Curious. I hope we didn't ruin the conversation of extroversion yeah. and introversion. So we talked about things we love, and mine was the movie Human Flow, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. You can get a 14-day free trial of Amazon Prime by going to prime.codyjensen.com. And Sarah talked about a book that she's reading, You Are a Badass. You can check that out on Amazon as well or Barnes Noble or any bookseller near you. But we will put a link in the show notes um, to Amazon and it will be an affiliate link. But yeah, that's the end of the show. That's it. (laughs) So thank you guys for watching. If you are on the YouTubes right now, um, thank you guys for putting us in your ear holes if you are uh, listening on your way to work or wherever you're going and stay yeah. introverted <laughs> or extroverted just be you just and that, that's you. actually a good segue into one of my favorite things that i say or kind of the reason that i have uh the fake clothing brand is just be unapologetically yourself yes all right well i guess see you next week bye see ya <laughs>